EFTM G'day, g'day. Welcome back to the EFTM podcast. Um, I don't mind the fact that it could be fortnightly. That's just life. Uh, last week was a massive, massive week with Apple's WWDC. Um, and off the back of that, we I had a lot of meetings. Um, uh, my Tuesday, my normal Tuesday recording time was just covered with briefing sessions about Apple's uh, WW announcements. Um, and it's important that I do those things, hear those things, have those meetings so that we can, um, you know, better inform you when the products arrive. So, yeah, lots going on. Uh, that was why we skipped a week last week. But uh, as always, coming through each and every week with two blokes talking tech uh, and the private feed, uh, I'm just getting it up to up to date and we'll actually launch that now a couple of days after each episode. It'll just drop for everyone. So nice and easy. That'll be a couple of things a week plus this. Poof, you're, you're overwhelmed in your podcast app. And we've got a fun show today. Lots of calls um, to get to. Varying range of topics as always, which is great. Plus, we're going to talk about an app built by Aussies for Aussie kids. It's educational. It's fun. It's 15 bucks. Now, I say it's 15 bucks because that's, that's unusual. But the reason it's 15 bucks is because then it's free. There's nothing else to do after that. There's no in-app purchases. It's, it's all in at the start, which I, I don't mind as a theory as a parent. And 15 bucks isn't a lot to pay for an educational app with thousands and thousands of educational questions within it. So we'll talk about WorldWise. Um, coming up on the show. Um, the other thing uh, we'll talk about is hosting your own website. Hosting your own website ain't an easy thing to do. Um, and it's a question we've had a lot, actually. Um, but uh, I'm going to talk to someone from a, a, a company called WP Engine, which essentially what they do is they host WordPress websites. Now, I run EFTM as a WordPress website, but my man Ben, who's an utter legend, um, works slavelessly. Um, through the day and the night, making it work. And it just bloody well does. And it's snappy fast at the moment, folks, loving what we've done. And I appreciate all the work that Ben does. But I, not everyone has a Ben. So others need to find somewhere to go. So perhaps WP Engine is the solution for you. I don't know. It was. It's interesting to find out these things. So we'll find out as we, as we talk about that. As I say, all your calls, and I'll talk about uh, what's next for the comp, I probably won't give it away in terms of give away what and the announcement. Um, but um, it's all here in the office, so we're ready to go. Um, that's coming up soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading, as always. Trevor along with you taking your calls. If you've got a question, go to the website, eftm.com. G'day, Sue. Hi, Trevor. What can I do for you? I'd like to know if you could recommend uh, at least one uh, website where we could have an email address that seniors could use for uh, paying bills and ordering items and things. Uh, there's something you could put your credit card details on that would be reasonably safe. So uh, it feels like there's two things there. When you say you want an email um Site and then you say you want to yes. save uh, credit card details. Do do you have an email address right now? Yes, but I, I'm hesitant to use that website because I don't know if it's a safe one to put my details on. So there's you know, a couple... pay to order something. If I want to order order something online. Yep. So so are you ordering from a website like 
Kogan or Amazon or a, a big retail store, or are you ordering from an individual who's emailing you? No, not an individual, no. So a store. I think then what we want to do is separate the two things. I think the best email system available is Gmail, Google's Gmail. Um, uh-huh. Gmail is safe, secure. It's a great system, um, and it's free. So you can sign up for a Gmail account. Happy days. Put it on. Just use it on the web, or you can put it on your devices if you like. But I, I want to be very clear. You should never be emailing your credit card details or any payment information. All right. If you need yes, to, okay. if, you, if you need to make a purchase online, then you need to yes. do that either over the phone or with the store's own website. And if a store has you know the ability for you to buy something um, from their website, then it should be secure. And it's quite easy to tell these days if a website is secure. Um, up in the address where it might say you know kogan.com or whatever the name of the store is, there'll be a little padlock. And if there's not a little padlock, it's not a secure website. Um, I see. You'll see that on nearly any website, to be honest. Even my website's secure because it actually is respected by Google if you have the security in place. So very hard to find non-secure websites these days. And if you want to truly know if it's secure, the little lock on the top of the page is also you can click on it and it will say this connection is secure. Um, so that's that's a really valuable thing to do, I would suggest. Okay. All right. So Gmail for your for your email account, nice, secure, yes. easy to use, and buying anything online, make sure the website is secure. Okay. All right. I think that answers my question. Thank you so much. Good stuff. Not a problem at all. So you yeah. have a great day anytime at all. And if you've got a question like Sue, no matter how silly you think it is, uh, you can always ask. Just go to the website, eftm.com. Thank you for listening. If you've got a tech question, go to the website, eftm.com. Trevor Long, helping you with your tech questions. G'day, Lisa. Hey, how are you going? Yeah, real good. What can I do for you? Um, I'm just wanting to know how to set up my printer that's um, not Wi-Fi so that I can print from my phone or anything else without having to connect it up with wires. So is it an older printer, is it? Um, It's actually fairly new, but it just doesn't have um, wireless or Bluetooth capability. At all. It's a newish printer and it doesn't have any yeah. wireless functionality. Yeah, it's an Epson 1110 or something like that. Right. I'm, I'm staggered by that. I thought pretty much all pr- printers these days were wireless. Yeah. Well, I, I, here's the problem. Um, you know, I don't think you can. I think it's really oh. that. I, don't, I just think it's that simple. These days, printers either come with wireless or they don't. Um I feel like I want to look up that printer in a lot more detail to be very clear that it doesn't. But I, yeah, I just I thought all printers had some form of connectivity. Um, I know that they don't all have what what's called AirPrint, which is a really simple way of printing from from your Apple devices. But um, yeah, that's an Eco Tank printer too, isn't it? One with all the ink tanks so that you fill them up specifically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. No. Oh, like how long ago did you buy it? Uh, maybe six months. Wow. And was this a need you had at the time? Did you assume it would work? Yeah, well, that was one of the things that I specifically wanted to be able to do. And, and um, the other from? half came home. Oh. Uh, Harvey Norman, I think. Saying it. Was it Harvey's that stuffed up or the other half? I don't know. <laughs> right. One or the other. Mm. Um, but that's one of the things that I specifically wanted. And um, it's the one thing it doesn't have. All right. If it does, I can't work out how. But the like I've read through the instruction manual and everything like that and it just doesn't seem to do it well i think the the easiest way to know is um on the 
setup menu? Is that, there's a little screen menu that you kind of flick through to, to do things like, I don't know, change the printer ink and do a setup or anything like that? Is there a little screen on it? Yeah, I've done the setup a few times and there doesn't seem to be anything in it. So about I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking now at the Epson website, ET1100, Epson email. So it does have internet because it's got Epson email print, but it must need to be so hardwired. So it would need to be hardwired into, uh, you know, your modem with a cable, not wirelessly. And then you have, they have this thing where you can email the document to the cloud and it just prints out. But there's a big, there's no tick next to Apple AirPrint and Google Cloud Print uh, yeah, okay. So that's just a hard no. So look, I mean, in theory, yeah, you could plug it into your network and you could do some research into what's called Epson iPrint mm-hmm. and Epson Email Print, okay? Those okay. are the those are the two functions you do have in that printer, okay? Yep. So maybe, maybe they'll give you some solution, but it essentially, okay. it essentially means you activate the printer on the internet, then you send your file to an email address, which is essentially the printer has its own email address, and it just prints out. Okay. I've tried it. It does work. It's just it might not be as easy as you would have originally hoped. So yep. get it, get a network cable, plug it in to the modem, um, do the network setup again, and there'll be a setup there for the Epson iPrint or the, um, uh, what do they call it? What was the other name of it? Jeez, I've forgotten already. Um, Epson Cloud Print, Epson Email Print, Epson iPrint, um, okay. Those are the things to, to do a bit of research on because that's all your printer can do. No worries. Sorry. That's all right. Blame the husband. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> he's in trouble anyway. We know it. Like, he always is, isn't he? <laughs> always. All right, Lisa. Sorry I couldn't help more. No worries. Okay. Good on you. And uh, if you've got a question like Lisa, that's a bummer. Hubby, you've really stuffed that one up, haven't you, mate? I mean, she wanted wireless printing and you just went with the one the bloke said, yep, it's on the internet, but you didn't check properly. So, as actually, I found a really good page on the Epson website um, under wireless printing compatibility, which has a tick box next to everything for every printer they have. So, worthwhile checking that out if you're going shopping. Always check what features you have before you buy. This is the EFTM podcast. Now, I've downloaded a lot of games in my time. Um, the App Store uh, has truly answered the question, is there an app for that? Yes, there is. Um, and I guess I've spent a lot of money on the App Store over the years. And I think one of the trends I've seen is, um, I'm going to call it a trap. A lot, a lot of parents are approving apps for kids that might be free, but then they cost money, or they purport to be educational, but they're not really. Um, but, you know, that's a challenge for parents. I think it's a real hard thing for parents to understand what apps are good, uh, how, how can you give your kids that little bit of entertainment and education at the same time, um, but now and then you come across a great little app, and I've got to tell you, this one's a cracker. Um, and Aussie Company, which is just the best thing about it. The app is called Worldwise. Now, what it is, I'll, I'll explain quickly, and then my next guest will tell me much better. But it's a, it's a fun adventure. It's a process. It's a level game where you, you answer a bunch of quiz questions. If you answer enough questions correctly, you get to drive from one place to another and you've got to drive carefully. You've got to make it there safely. And then when you get to your next destination, you answer more questions. You learn about that place. So you're learning about the world. You're learning about places. You're learning about a whole range of things all at the same time in what is a very impressive looking app uh, given uh, its its development. So one of, the, uh, one of the founders is joining me on the line, Julie Samus. G'day. How are you? 
Good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for coming on. Now, I want to. I let's talk about the elephant in the room first, which is the price. A lot of people would be searching this up in the app store on their iPads or iPhones and things, and they would see that it's, a, I think, a fourteen ninety nine app. Why? Why do we charge up front for an app like this? In your mind, what's what's the decision behind that? We just wanted to have um, a single one-off payment with, with no limitations to anything or any features in the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, when I, as my kids uh, grew up, we, there were some little educational apps that I would download for them, and I found that it was always you would buy the one topic or then you, or, and then you had to continually keep adding to it to, to actually get them the whole, you know, the whole age, the whole year or the whole mm-hmm. – um, all the features. So or, – or otherwise you had to um, – you know, you had to have a subscription, which yep. was an ongoing cost. So we just wanted to be really upfront and so, and just have no, yeah, no limitations to anything, and just say this is what it is—a one-off, and you know, good to go. So, yeah, this is not an overnight process for you, is it? This didn't start early this year. This has been a long time in the making. Tell me about it how has, it got started. Yeah. Okay, so, um, so yeah, so it's been well over four years in the making. Wow. So. Um, it's been um, created over the yeah by two Australian families. We both have um, eight children b- between us, and like all parents, we wanted to balance have balance in their life. We love them, you know, to get on with their studies, but we wanted to be able to let them do other activities, sports, and you know, drama and dance and all the other bits and pieces that we all want. And um, so, and I also we had a few. I had a few kids that loved the game, and they still do. Mm. And I felt like I was just constantly nagging them, you know, to stop and to do their homework and try and get on their studies and whatever else. And I just always thought it'd be great to be able to incorporate the two, that, you know, they can have a little bit of, you know, screen time and game time, but, you know, maybe they could learn something along the way that was relevant to their studies. So, um, and also too, um, not only that, with the, with the eight children between us, we spent so much time sitting in cars when, you know, waiting for kids to finish sport or waiting for them to finish school and you've got other siblings in the, the car with you. And, um, and sometimes you just don't have, you know, schoolwork or books with them. We just wanted something easy, portable and relevant that we could just, you know, even if, even a little bit, you kind of say, you know, answer a few questions and then you can go off into the park or whatever it might be. We go and kick a ball with them or whatever. So, so over the course kind of, of four how, years, yeah. do, is, yes. is, is that a – why does it take so long? Is it because you had your ups and downs or you just you strove, striving for so much perfection? Like did you ever want to throw, throw the idea away over that period? No, no, because we just thought it was a real. We we believed in the product and we thought it was a great, great device. And we just kind of we wanted it to be right. We wanted it to, um, like the questions themselves. So when the kids log on, it gives them quite easy um, questions initially. But it it, it um as they get them right, it, it it progresses up their learning. So it actually moves them up level. And it was kind of it was different different subjects. They can be on different levels also. So if they're stronger in math, they can be on a higher level of math. And if um, so, there was a lot of testing to make sure that they were all right, that everything was scaling up in the right subjects, um, that you know that all the um, checkpoints were right, and the areas that you were covering. There was there's a lot in it. There's a really lot. So that's probably why it's more just a process and a lot of checking. We just wanted it to be yeah to be right, and yeah, that's why, why it's taken so long. I think there must be thousands of questions in the app because you answer you know a bunch of questions each time, and each and there's there's rounds all the way across each country that you visit and as you travel the world, which which obviously is is the name of the app worldwide. So you're yes. well, the concept yes. is you're learning generally maths and English and things, but you're also learning about places like Australia. Yes, definitely. So. 
There is over um, 15,000 um, questions in the app, so there's a lot. We don't want the user to ever have to run out of questions, and there's lots on every every level. So if you're on the one level for a long time, you're not, you, you know, you've constantly got a, an endless source of questions, and they're relevant to and it's relevant to what they're learning at school. Mm. But not only that, yeah, we have. So with the with the maps and the checkpoints, the user is actually logged like clicking on the checkpoint, so they're visualising where they are. Like I know over over the years, when my kids were younger, they're much older now, but when they were younger, you might get a comment like, "Oh, we're going up to Queensland, you know, in the school holidays." I'm sorry, we're going down to Queensland in the school holidays. Everyone kind of think, "No, no, 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 we're going <laughs> Queensland's north. We're going up to Queensland." Mm-hmm. So we just kind of wanted them to be able to visualise where they're going and where these landmarks are and where these places of interest are. And so what sort of um, educational input do you have? I mean, are you guys teachers by background or where does where does that kind of authority around these being educational processes or the levels come in? So we, um, no, we're, we're parents, so we're not teachers, but we've got a team of um, design and academics on board they all have their specialty area, so whatever area they loved and they were good at, um, they focus on that. So we have, you know, a great English teacher, a great math teacher, so a great science teacher. So we've got people that are passionate about their area of learning. So, um, yeah, and then the rest of us, you know, are obviously constantly testing and putting, making sure the data's right and making great graphics too that go with the questions. So sometimes they're actually learning information just by the picture as well as the question. So we've just tried to incorporate as much into each question as we can. Do you think, I mean, I was blown away when I downloaded the app um, that Mm, that. the whole... The whole process is that you're, you know, driving around Australia, for example. Um, yes, yes. And then I got to, got to choose my car, and I looked at the car, and it was like a Jeep. And then it was this 3D model that I could look around. It was, I mean, that was that's a pretty advanced thing to put into an app like this. D- did you go too far in that sense, or did you really want to make it? My sense was this, well, you didn't need this. But then I thought, do you need it so that kids feel like it is, you know, a next-level style of game? We did. We tried to because it is it is a big app. It's kind of like two apps put together, mm. and we wanted we wanted the kids to be able to like the cars. Also, too, the the concept there was as they progress and and earn points along the way by answering questions and collecting tokens, they get faster cars. So when they're playing the dual player, they they can be competitive against their friends. So um, so yeah. So we wanted it yeah, to be appealing, and then they can move up the levels and get the faster cars, so they're more they're more competitive. So yeah, yeah. Because kids love fast cars, right? I mean, that's the thing about it. They it, do. It, that, the, uh, I guess a, a young son like mine, my my nine year old, might see this as being just a fun car game. Because you, as you complete a level, rather than just being like Angry Birds, when you complete a level, you just play the next one. You have to drive to your next level. So it, it really yes. is an experience through the whole process, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And also, too, we tried to make it appealing to as most the most kids we can. Some kids will just want to do the right thing and they will want to drive nice and slowly and collect all the tokens and, and, and along the way and not worry so much about the speed. But then you're going to have other kids that just want to go as fast as they can. So there's two leaderboards, too, so they can, you know, get that opportunity to be on top of the leaderboard for the day or even Australia-wide. So, yeah. I found it challenging just to get from one destination to the next. I crashed and I had to start over and do all the, do all the questions again. <laughs> I, I need a free pass so, so I can take in the, the country without the questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Yeah, so I guess that it is it is probably coming more from the parent push just to kind of incorporate that, that academic side into Because I, I guess all the kids would probably just want to play the game without answering questions most of them. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole yeah. point. We don't want that. It's, I no. mean, has, well, at what point does this, does this pay itself back to you just because you've achieved the goal or you've got this great app and you've got, you know, feedback coming from people? I understand you've got it in some, you know, kids' hospitals and things. There's kids playing it and things like that. Is that itself kind of the, the reward or do you want to see it have some amazing success on the App Store, for example? Oh, I guess we would, I mean, ultimately we would just love kids playing it and know that, um, you know, they're, they're, they're enjoying it and, and they're learning something along the way. It's great. The, you know, the, the feedback we've had from in the hospitals has been absolutely amazing because um, sometimes too, those, those, um, sorry, uh, the kids want to, um, you know, they don't, when they're in there in some situations, they, you know, find it hard to go into the classroom or back to yeah. school. So it's just, just a little bit of revision and sometimes it was great. Um, the educator there said it was, it was sometimes just a light way of her doing some work with them if they if they weren't up for doing you know full school work. So mm. yeah, yeah. So tell, it's a great yeah, yeah. Tell me about dual player. Does that um because I haven't I haven't tried that. I'll be honest. So I've done the single player. Is that two oh. kids on two separate um tablets and they are wirelessly you know kind of in sync? Yes, that is that's the case. So yeah, so you you um just join up just with a username. There's no um. To make, to make it easy, you just need your the other person's identification number, mm. and then um, and then what happens too there, which is a great feature, which took us a little bit of time as well. We always wanted kids to be on their own academic level, and we never wanted comparison between right, yep. kids because um, some some kids, you know, bright kids generally love to play academic games, and they don't mind being compared to to their peers. But some that struggle in some areas don't want that, so. All the academic questions, um, you're on your own level and they're never disclosed between your friends too. So we've made it that, um, so you're playing your game, you're versing the game, you, you get to the end and then you have your own 10 questions and there's bonuses for whether you win the race, there's bonuses for how many questions you get. Um, so yeah, and then you can, you know, and then you get the, the reward of whether you beat that person or not in the race and the challenge if that's what you like to do. So yeah. It's such a great, fun thing. And the, the, I guess the other part about this, you've got to remember for parents, and you absolutely would have hit this a lot as a parent, American yes. apps. It's like, you know, zebra and everything's wrong yes. about them in terms of education, whereas this is built by Australians for Australians using the Australian curriculum. Absolutely. Yes, I know we've done that, So, which is, which is great. So, um, yeah, and we've had we've got some really passionate um, educators on board that yeah just love the concept and have been yeah really happy with it all too. So, well, I think it's a it's a phenomenal concept. I mean, I I can't imagine spending four years of my life on something. It's it's a, it's a credit to you uh, and Tanya and the crew just on that basis because, like, I, I've been building an app for our website that's just taken a few months and I'm frustrated by it. So I don't know how on earth you, you, you deal with the frustration of something that takes so long. But I assume the reward of the smiling kids and the feedback you get um, is, is what will be the payoff for you in the end. Absolutely, absolutely. So, And there is even, too, there's some other features in there, um, like the hot round and bits and pieces like that. So they don't even have to play the racing part of it if they don't want to. If they just want to do some revision, there's another total area of the app, too, which offers, you know, in groups of 30 questions, they can just practice a little bit of um, their schoolwork too. So, yeah. 
This is one of those apps that if you know what uh, Apple Screen Time is, you can you can exclude this one from uh, from Screen Time so that they can play this whenever they want. So they open their iPad yes. and YouTube doesn't work and Messages doesn't work because they, they've had their hour of the day. But if they just want to play another hour of Worldwise, go for it, kids. Yes, exactly, Isn't exactly. It? And I do, yes, absolutely. And I do get incentives for logging on each day, so they might get a a free lifeline or some bonus points to upgrade their car too. So we've tried to. Um, yeah, encourage them to log on every day and have a little race of it. So, yeah. I've used a few lifelines myself. I won't lie. <laughs> just, just, I just struggled a little bit, but it's really just my own personal knowledge that needs work. Julie, it's a, it's an awesome app. Congrats to the team. Um, hopefully we can spread the word um, loud and, and, and far. And uh, for people that do have young kids, what what do you say the age group is for, for the app? What's the target? It's, it's primarily... Um, primary school age, yep. we're thinking that's kind of where parents probably have a little bit more influence over what the kids are doing mm-hmm. on their um, their devices. Um, but the questions go all the way up to year 10. So you can easily quote, you know, the kids can be versing their older siblings and, and you know, and they're still relevant questions to that age group. But they just need to have just basic reading skills. So about six or seven, or if you're playing it with them, you can quite easily help yes. them, you know, through a younger ages as well. So. Awesome. Well, hopefully a bunch of people will get that for their kids. And uh, most importantly, if you do get it, you love it, and you want to recommend it to other people, make sure you leave a review in the App Store because that helps the developers like you guys um, spread the word and so other people know that the 15 bucks is worth it. I think, and you know that's going to be your biggest challenge in the App Store. It's like this is not a $2 app, but the fact that no. it has no in-app purchases, it's a one-off only is the selling point and 15 bucks is nothing for a kid's anything. You'd spend that on a, on a day on the weekend, just keep keeping them entertained. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, no. So, thank you so much. Well, yeah. Absolute it's, pleasure. Um, yeah. Good luck with it, Julie. The app is called Worldwise and it's available on, uh, on the App Store right now. Thanks, Julie. Thank you very much. Bye. This is the EFTM Podcast. Thank you for listening. Trevor Long, helping you out with your tech questions as best I can. G'day, Scott. How you going, Trevor? Good, mate. What can I do for you? Yeah, look, I'm just um, inquiring about um, whether Sonos is the way to go or whether the um, Bose um, lifestyles are still still pretty good value for money. Wow. I mean, a Bose lifestyle system, they're enormous, right? They're, they're like three and four grand, aren't they? Yes, yeah. Um, but they are the full kit, right? You're talking subwoofer, multiple the, the, speakers. Yeah, the, yeah the surround sound system. So, what have you got now? Where 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 are you ecosystem wise? So, I've got the old Bose system, mm-hmm. and it's sort of given up the ghost. So that's the surround sounds, and then I've got um, the hook up to the Alfresco area through a, another um, amp to do two um, in the ceiling speakers. So, but yeah, as I say, it's given up the ghost. It's probably a good sixteen years old, and I'm sort of wanting to. Um, a similar thing, yeah. and I was just wondering whether you know to go with the Bose network and put the speakers into the existing sort of areas. Yeah, um, I guess the the question is what what is the not cost in terms of money because there's a cost, but what is the cost in terms of change of systems, um, integration of other things like ceiling speakers and stuff of having a different system like Sonos, right? Now that's correct. I'm yep. not going to lie, uh, I put the Sonos Arc soundbar at my house. Yeah. With so that's what's that fourteen hundred bucks, right? And then yep. I put um, the Sonos One as my two rears, so yep. they're they're two fifty each. So we're up to eighteen hundred. 
<coughs> for, yep. for no, not 1,900. And then there's yep. a Sonos Sub. That's another 1,000. So we're already, yep, at, then, we're, we're already at 2,900, right? We're at three grand. And then I think it's about another $800 for uh, in-ceiling speakers too, I think. Right. And, and I mean, that's all very doable, right? That's all installation, and it's very similar yep. price to what you're talking about with the Bose. Yeah, I won't lie. I've not used the bigger Bose systems in terms of how they operate with multi-room and and designating audio to individual places and all that kind of stuff. Um, what I do know is Bose make bloody good audio, right? But so yep. does Sonos. And yeah. mate, the Sonos soundbar may be one of the greatest things I've ever heard as a standalone bit of kit. Like apart yep. from a three thousand um, dollar Sennheiser Ambio, um, yeah, you know it's. Bloody impressive. Put it this way, downstairs in the office here, I reckon I've got six sound bars and at least three surround sound systems. I chose yep. to take the Sonos to my house. Oh, okay. Um, now, I didn't have the lifestyle system, but there, the other thing is I would never have taken that because the, the installation and all that kind of stuff was just so much easier with the Sonos. It really is yeah. plug and play. Like, it's just legit crazy how, how easy it is. Then. Yeah. Then I look at the ecosystem that they've built, right? And you've got now, you've got the Sonos Move, which is a big portable speaker. You've got the Sonos Roam, which is a small portable speaker. Um, you've got indoor, outdoor. There is, in terms of expanding the ecosystem for you, I think Sonos yep. has the win. Um, yep. And I, I think their app's pretty bloody good. There's a whole bunch of positives to it. So, mate, with that kind of money, um, it's it's a buyer's paradise, you, you may be tempted to go with what you know because it is what you know, but do not yep. – let me just put it to you this way. Don't be put off by the Sonos because you've not used it. Trust me, it's amazing. I think oh, that, that's, that's what matters, right? Um, yeah. Oh, if you rang me back in six months and said, mate, install the Bose, da-da-da, I'd be like, awesome. You're not missing out. I just want no. you to know that the Sonos is not a deal breaker in terms of any aspect of it if you're considering it. Yeah, Beautiful. No worries at Sounds all. Sounds like fun, Thank mate. Are you, are you, yeah. Are you married? Yes, yes. Yeah. You, got, you got approval for that, do you? <laughs> well, I'm just gonna, well. Seek, oh, it, um, I know what you're doing. Seek <laughs> forgiveness, not permission. That, that's it. That's exactly. <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah, well done. That's Good it. play. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, well done. I appreciate it. That's no worries. <laughs> I respect that, Okay. Mate. Good on you, no buddy. No worries. Stay well, Thanks, Scott. Trevor. Thanks, mate. No. Anytime. Um, that's a genius there at play, working very hard. <laughs> to, I hope his wife enjoys the music and the sound um, because then she'll appreciate it. She probably won't even notice that the system's changed too. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's like at that end, you're paying good money for good audio, and the good news is you're getting good audio with whichever you choose. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. So a couple of things. Um, firstly, uh, the mobile phone survey comp, I will end that in a couple of days once I just find a bit of a gap, probably tomorrow actually, if not Thursday. Um, I will end that comp and we'll announce three winners of the TCL 20L Plus, uh, which is an awesome smartphone plus Trend Micro security for that device and all your other devices. Thanks to our mates at Trend Micro and our mates at TCL. Um, great competition, lots of great entries, and I'm really happy with the number of people that have filled in that survey off the bat. It was more than I expected, to be honest. So we've got some really great data coming out of that, which I think will be fascinating stories in it of themselves. Um, the next competition is ready. I have the gear, um, but our, our, our programming legend um, is just working on the next phase of the EFTM app, which is the – there was two parts to the app, as I've mentioned before, and I'm not talking Android yet, folks, no. Um, there was two parts of the Apple app that I wanted. They were widgets and notifications. So we're 
a third of the way through notifications. We've got them working. They're, they're coming out. Now we just make, need to make them clickable. So when you click them, they go somewhere, like to the article. Uh, and that, that it saves your preferences around what notifications you want because I want you to be able to customise what you get from EFTM. I want you to be able to get a, an alert, a notification whenever there's a new car story or tech story or lifestyle story or competition or big story or just a highlight that we choose or just get everything. I want you to be able to choose that level of granular detail and for it to be saved and, and not annoy you at any point. So we're close. but So the next competition will knowingly open us up to a different audience. Um, um, I'm going to say gaming audience, um, and there will be three winners. We'll probably run it over three weeks and give it one away each week, and each prize will be off the top of my head, three, is it four and a half grand. Hmm. I have to check, but it's it's got. I think it's uh, I think it's four and a half grand each prize, um, if not close to five. Uh, so we'll do one of those each week for three weeks um, coming up soon. It might be a few weeks before we get to that because I want to make sure the app is ready because the mechanism this time, folks, will be simple. It will be simply go to the website, put in your EFTM ID. That, there might be, you know, click here for Facebook or whatever for an extra point or two, but the big points, the big entries will come and the only way to get in, not through email, not through, will be the EFTM app. So if you don't have an EFTM ID, which is a unique code for every individual. You can get it by having the download the Android app. It will give you an EFTM ID, so you are able to enter the comp. But if you have the iOS app, you can also then add widgets, get the stories, everything you need. All that is coming, folks. Now, the other thing I've published this in the last few days is a couple of videos, thanks to the, the boys at the Gamesman. Now, I love my racing, as you know, um, but I spend a few hours building a new play seat, F1 Ultimate. Now, this is a display model that's going to go into the gamesman uh, showroom. I should charge them for the setup, really, shouldn't I? Because it's not staying here. It's going to go back to them. I've done the hard work for them. Uh, um, uh, but it's an unbelievable – you might have seen me on Instagram or Twitter or wherever with my play seat at home, the Red Bull one. Um, it's a really comfortable, low-sitting uh, position. This goes a step further. It elevates your feet a bit higher, and it's a much more rigid seat. For the wheel and everything to be attached to it was phenomenal it's a four thousand dollar seat i want you to check that out that video is up on the youtube channel and then this morning i've published the review of the sf1000 thrustmaster steering wheel which is the most amazing steering wheel i've ever seen for a racing car sim sorry all the buttons in the world don't replace the fact that this thing has buttons dials switches and a screen and I'm talking a decent screen too. All those videos, reviews are up now on the YouTube channel at EFTM.com. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Let's keep going with calls. G'day, Adam. Hi, how are you? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you? Um, I've got, I just want some advice with a mesh internet system. I'm on satellite uh, NBN because I live in rural WA. Yep. And I'm just a bit unsure of... Um, of what sort of system I should get something on the market. So, what speed are you getting from your uh, from your internet right now? Plugged in, you know, hardwired at the at the modem. Um, I'm not too sure. I'm on the best team you can get for for speed. I've paid the extra money to to go to a higher speed. Yep. Yep. And, um, but and I don't. Why do you think you then you need a mesh? What what's your what's the symptoms that you're getting that are asking yourself to pay money to to do something more? Um, with, with kids and stuff like that, we've got a few devices on the run and there just seems to be black spots in in the house. It seems to be dropping out and, 
and you know, you know, when when the kids want to watch Netflix, it's it's not working, and it's all getting a uh, just a bit frustrating. Do you have any um, anything else in the house like smart speakers and things? Uh, this all helps me decide what system might work for you. Like you uh, no. No, no, no. There's no smart, smart uh, things. We've just got sort of uh, your Netflix and, you know, handheld devices. Yep, yep, okay. Look, uh, I mean, there are some high-priced mesh systems out there which are amazing, but you don't need to go to the top end here because you don't have the fastest speeds, and at this point it's going to be a while before you would. Um, and secondly, yeah. you're not going to connect millions of devices because you have that limitation. I mean, I'd, I'd love everyone to be able to go, you know, 60 light bulbs and all that kind of cool smart home stuff, but the more of that that you do, the more you're compromising the experience for your actual individuals. Mm-hmm. So the kids are going to be... Yep you know, um, compromised by that. So I think then the simple thing to say to you is that a basic system, um, a basic mid-range system is the the base Netgear system, which is probably $429. But that's high end. Like that's a really good system that is going to outlast everything you're doing, okay? It's mm-hmm. Wi-Fi 6, yep. so it'll be good with the, with new devices and things. If 429 is – this is just JB Hi-Fi website, by the way. I'm just browsing. Yep. Um, you could come down and get, say, a two-pack uh, Google Wi-Fi system for 349 If mm-hmm. you've got a smallish home, that's probably going to cover it for the small um, systems. It's, it's probably about a medium-sized home. It, it's, it's narrow, but it's long, yep. so – um, yeah, it's not, yeah, so not, not it's, big, but it's a bit of a funny shape. And it's, so. the, it's the length that's always causing the problem, right? Because where's the modem? At one end or in the middle? <laughs> yeah, no, no, at, at one end. Of course. And it's the good stuff yeah, at the other course. end of the house where, where you want to be doing things. So yep. for, for, probably for that reason, more than anything else, I would be opting for the Netgear Orbi. Um, Netgear Orbi, yep. Look, it, it's a two-pack. Two so one of them sits with your existing modem and the other one goes a bit of the way through the house. So what you want to do is, at first bet, you want to go, right, what happens if I put this thing a third of the way through the house, the satellite? Um, yep. Satellite being the, the second orbit unit. Um, yep. How much yep. How much does that help that, that far end of the house with, with coverage? And mm-hmm. then you can kind of push the boundaries a little bit. Okay, how much further can I put this away from the existing one? And, and it'll just stop working. It just won't work if it's too far away, yep. right? Now, okay. Now, if two isn't enough, then you will need to get a third or a second satellite, or a third box, and that's going yep. to be another couple of hundred bucks. But let me just say this to you now. It sounds like a huge investment, but it is fundamentally yep. going to change everything about your network. You, you'll get yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah that, that's what I'm sort of sort of after. I'm just yeah. so, so many products on the market, and because and I'm limited with satellite, it's you know, yep. not the best system, but that's all I've got. So and I've look, just got to make do, outside, do with that. Outside so. of Netgear, because I'm a big fan of their products and they've been a long-term supporter of what I do, the other one to mm-hmm. look at is Amazon's Eero, E-E-R-O. There's a, there's a three-pack. E-E-R-O. Oh, that's it. There's a three-pack yep. at JB Hi-Fi for 389 now, the okay, big, yep. biggest difference there is it's not Wi-Fi 6, it's not the latest Wi-Fi technology, but because it's a three-pack at that price, that's probably going to give you the coverage you need. Um, yep. it, it won't give the ultimate speeds that the Netgear will give, but because you're throttled and limited by the, the bottleneck that is your NBN, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's where I, I wanted some advice because, yeah, I know the satellite is limited, but what's my best option for that? Yeah. Uh, for, for the satellite MBN. So, yeah. All right. All right. If you, that's, if that's you awesome. can afford it, go the Netgear Orbi. If that feel, feels like it's yep. pushed too far, go the Amazon Eero. Oh, if it's going to be a good investment, I don't mind spending the money. I just want to spend it in the in the right area. Yeah. Well, well, I, you, won't, you won't get a complaint about the Netgear Orbi, mate. 
All right, cool, awesome. All right, buddy, good luck. All right, thanks very much for that. Thank you. No problems anytime at all. If you've got a question about tech, go to the website, EFTM.com. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Travel along with you. And um, I get a question regularly about things like how to run a business online, email for business online, and, and most importantly, building a website for business online. And it's fascinating to me. And this is one of those kind of, you got to get out of your bubble moments. I've been building websites since 1995. Um, I made a business of it uh, when I was living in Perth in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. So I kind of get it probably more than the average Joe would or should. And that, for that reason, I kind of think less about the complexity of just getting started um, and also where you go for questions, for hosting, for all the different things that relate to having a presence online. Now, the, the, the product, if you want to call it that, the, the engine, the, the back end that we use for our website, EFTM, is, is WordPress. And it's phenomenal to think the impact that this piece of software, open source, um, free software has had on the development of websites. But just any piece of software still needs a computer to run it on. It still needs updating. It still needs managing. And with a website, you need to have the right infrastructure in place to make sure that your business can be successful online. So the company that kind of looks after most of that for you, and it's called WP Engine. WP, I'm assuming standing for WordPress, WP Engine. And the country manager for WP Engine here in Australia is Mark Randall, and he joins me on the line. G'day, Mark. Hey, how are you? Yeah, really good. Um, just, I mean, elevator pitch or dinner party conversation. People say, what do you do, Mark? Um, how do you describe what you do? Well, I think you did a, a pretty good job of summarizing it. Uh, you know, as you say, WordPress uh, is widely used to power the websites out there. 41% of the, the web actually uses that technology. Wow. And, you know, part of the reason for that is it's free, of course, right? Everyone likes things, things to be free. But you know, WordPress is kind of free like a puppy dog is free. You know, you still need to kind of walk it and feed it and take care of it. And the same is true of, of websites. You need someone to make sure they're secure. You need someone to make sure they're, they're performing well. Uh, you need someone to take care of all those, you know, tricky updates and things that vendors uh, come up with all the time and plugins, uh, you know, that you might want to add to do certain things on your site. And that's what WP Engine does in, in, in essence. So rather than me um, signing up for some form of hosting account somewhere that, that allows me to install WordPress and configuring, for configuring it all myself and doing, going through that process, I'm kind of getting an out-of-the-box solution with you and I just then am customising the way it looks and feels and works for my, my visitors. Yeah, exactly. You know, WordPress is powerful because it's so flexible and it's flexible because it's built like Lego bricks. Mm. Um, but you know, if you put those Lego bricks together yourself and you have to support it yourself, then essentially you're becoming kind of like a system integrator. You know, you have to like deal with all the different vendors of, you know, plugins and, you know, deal with all the things that are associated with, as I say, keeping your site secure, performant and, and, and running well, uh, for your business. So, you know, if we do that, so you don't have to do it for yourself. Is your bread and butter bigger businesses with larger presences online and, you know, the need for a lot of traffic or, um, small, average, everyday businesses who need reliability and performance uh, on, on a regular basis for their for their customers. Yeah, it's actually both, which surprises a lot of people. People, uh, you know, often think you know WordPress free open source is only used by catalogs and, and things like that. But mm. you know, actually, it's used by you know over, around a third of the top ten thousand sites on the web. 
And so, you know, our business reflects that. We've got, you know, big customers like, you know, Nova Entertainment and Volvo Australia and, you know, Metcash that have done, you know, some really interesting things on our platform. But equally, we've got, you know, startups and, uh, you know, small businesses who, you know, they're just not tech experts. They don't want to deal with it. They want someone else to, to, to deal with it for them. Because it is, it's phenomenal. I don't know how long you've been in the game, but it's phenomenal to me that you can, within minutes, essentially, um, buy a domain name and have a website running that might not be finished, but it's certainly it's accessible to the world. Whereas you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, there was a lot of effort to build just a basic page. And I think the critical thing that's changed with WordPress, and this is why that's a staggering statistic, 41% of websites use it, but because you can have someone help you with it. You can have someone design it for you, but then you have the key to it. You have the, the password. You can log in and add stuff. You can add information, change information, change the photos. You know, you can actually take control as the owner of the site. You don't really need to have, um, you know, a middleman between your website and, and yourself anymore. You can be hosted at a place like WP Engine and have the kind of reliability, I assume, that gives you the sense of, uh, of, of sense of, I guess security around the website being being available to people. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not a technical person, but I've managed to build a, a basic site. You know, using this technology, it's very user friendly. It's drag and drop, and you know, if you do need third party help as well, you know, you can kind of throw a lock from anywhere and hit a WordPress developer, right? Because it's fully one percent of the web. There's a huge, you know, uh, community out there, and there's also a wide network of you know, digital and marketing agencies in, you know, every small town and, and every part of the country um, that help small businesses, you know, to, to get online and to, to solve issues that they have with their site. What, what do you see as being the number one or, or, or top reasons people um, or top things people do wrong in terms of um, websites that I assume aren't being hosted um, with using WordPress? Is it that they don't have the flexibility that, that WordPress offers? I think it's I think it's a few things. I think um, you know fundamentally the problem that, that we see more than anyone else, as I mentioned, is you know people that have you know jumped into it because it's super easy to jump into, um, but you know maybe neglected you know some of the maintenance and, and upkeep and you know the kind of yeah what's what's needed to keep the site you know secure, performant, and, and so on on, a, on an ongoing basis. Um, and, you know, then you see people that obviously make short-term decisions. They might choose a particular system that suits their, their site now. But, you know, if it's a closed shop and they can't easily take that, you know, site and move it somewhere else when their needs or their business changes or grows, uh, that can become a problem as well. So, you know, those are obviously things that we try and solve for by using WordPress, which is portable, which is open source, and, and by providing those additional, you know, value adds around uh, the maintenance piece. What um what what do you say to people about the price of, of web hosting? I mean, it is it's a small monthly fee, um, but I think for a small business, they often don't see the value in you know three hundred dollars a year, for example, at one of your most basic plans. How how do you sell that to them in in for a small business that just I guess still don't see this as a cost they need to have? Yeah, well, we've got to look at you know what is the value, right? Um, and that differs from from company to company. Uh, a lot of businesses, they will attract a significant, you know, part of their leads and their, uh, you know, their sales essentially through the site. You know, it's the first place where people look to get information about your brand and your business. And in that case, you know, if you're spending less than you're spending on your mobile phone bill um, for something which is attracting, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, your, your front door to your business, yeah. essentially, um, then, you know, you probably need to, you know, have a think about whether that's, 
that's appropriate for your needs. And what about the localization of this stuff? Um, one of the challenges I guess a lot of people have with with websites is they they buy you know hosting or even WordPress hosting at, at a you know great rate um, from a big name, but it's actually you know not local. Do you have local servers? Do you have you know speed in that sense? Because that's obviously a really big metric for websites these days. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, as with all things, you you get what you pay for. And uh, you know, if you've got, as I say, if you've got a catalogue, then you may not, you know, be too fussed about, um, you know, the, where the servers are and what kind of support you're going to get. But if you're running a business on it, then you know, you don't want to be wasting a bunch of your time because your time has value, and that's essentially, you know, what a you know managed WordPress platform like ourselves provides is, you know, that time saving piece. So really, it's not, you know, thinking about it as a as just a direct cost, you're thinking about, you know, what time can I save by having something that A, doesn't go wrong in the first place, or B, you know, if I do run into problems, I can get someone to help me straight away and not have to go through, you know, a bunch of, you know, Google and, and try and uh, figure out the problem myself. And is your system, I haven't done it from start to finish, but is your system such that it's self, um, you know, self-navigating? You can literally click and buy and, and set up the whole thing online. I don't need to be talking to someone on the phone, I can actually just click through and get all this happening um, through through the front end of your website? Yeah, that's what we try and do is we try and, try and make it as easy as possible. So, you know, when you sign up, we'll automatically, you know, you can sign up to our website, wpengine.com, we'll automatically uh, install WordPress for you with all of the optimizations, all of the security that you need, so that's automatically built out and ready to go. We also do an automatic migration tool, which is, you know, super straightforward, you know, to use. You just see and you know, a couple of pieces of information. It'll take a copy of your site over to that platform where you can test it fully before you go live. And then, you know, if, if you do run into, you know, problems or have questions, and obviously there's, there's support, you know, available, which is, you know, very responsive, you know, 24-7. So, you know, as I say, for people that have got, you know, websites where their business is, you know, dependent or it's a significant part of how they attract customers or they're, you know, they're selling online or they're delivering, you know, online learning services, um, yeah, obviously having that type of you know support and services in place is, is important for their business. And just finally, are you limited to just the website component? Because I know other big uh, brands around the world, they, they kind of do everything. They've got domain names, they've got email. They, they, I guess, a jack of all trades, whereas, whereas I feel like you're just focused centrally on the website, which when you do something, you do something well. well that's what we're trying to do, yeah. Uh, as you say, you know, there's specialists and, and, and generalists. Um, but we also recognize we need to work with partners to complete the whole solution. Yeah. So that's where our agency partners come in. Uh, you know, we've got over 1,500 that we work with across Australia and New Zealand, which gives you how, some idea as to how many people are working in the WordPress yeah. space. And, you know, they can provide, you know, that kind of code and development level support and marketing services that people want around their sites and so on. It's a fascinating space um, and, you know, in this day and age, um, the website's probably the most important thing in terms of marketing for, for any business, let alone being the front door. The amount of money people used to spend on Yellow Pages ads um, and yet they balk at spending even a part of that uh, on, on a website. It, it, it's a priority thing really and uh, that's what's, um, what's going to work or, or not work for your business. Um, Mark Randall, Country Manager for Australia New Zealand for WP Engine. Mate, thanks for the insight. It's fascinating kind of, um, you know, business approach. People need to know that these services exist they can have a reliable one-stop shop and that appears to me to be what WP Engineers. Good on you, mate. Thanks for the chat. No problem. Thanks for your time.
taking your calls, answering your questions, whatever you've got going on. Happy to help. G'day, Asif. Yeah, good day, Trevor. How are you doing, mate? Really good, buddy. What can I do for you? Right. I was, I'm between, I, I want to buy a new TV, yep. a 65 inches, but I've, I've seen the Hisense and the Samsung 65. Yeah. Which one would you recommend? So we're talking 65, 65 inches, yeah? Yes. Um, now, I'm just on the JB site trying to understand which ones they might be that you're looking at. You know, there's 2021 model Samsung and a 2020 model Samsung um, okay. that are both exactly the same price, interestingly. Um, and, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at a high cent. So, look, Samsung. No, they're 1495 I yep, think. Chris, what? 1495 there's a Crystal UHD 4K TV from Samsung, and there's a yep. ULED TV from Hisense. Yeah, right. Uh, the Hisense is last year's model, but that doesn't worry me at all. Like, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What are you gonna What are you gonna notice yeah. the difference, champ? What do you want to watch on it most? Um, mostly sport. And how are you getting your sport? You got Foxtel? You got Ko? No, I Ko. Um, now the Samsung will have the Ko app built in. Oh yes. The Hisense might. So my Hisense, Hisense, which is from the year before 2019, does not have the Ko. But okay. I, I believe. The, the 2020 models do have KO now. Um, okay, I can, I can investigate that. Yeah, I, I would check that, far, yeah? but I think out of the two, I'd get the Hisense every day of the week. It's a much better looking TV. You're talking about one of Samsung's most entry-level TVs compared to one of, one of Hisense's biggest sellers. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, you won't look back if you buy a Hisense, my friend. Ah, thank you very much. That that solves all my problem now. There we go. Any any time <laughs> at all, mate. Quick, you know that. Yep. Go on. Yeah, quickly, quickly. While I've got you, uh, is there any problem with Kyo? Because I can't get anything since Sunday afternoon. Kyo. Kyo. Yeah. No, we were watching the, it. Know, um, we were watching it yesterday. I couldn't watch it yesterday. I wanted to watch a football match. Couldn't and get what, it. What error did Sun, it give you? Oh, uh, uh, just give me something else. You know, and not live TV. Like Sunday, I was working on it, working on it, and the footage started already. I missed five minutes. Right. And the, usually they would say, oh, live match now. Yep. Uh, you know, and you just click on live, and that's it. You get it. Yep, yep. yep but and, uh, yes, Sunday afternoon, yesterday, when I got home, I tried the same problem. So uh, maybe, you know, if you can make an inquiry to KO, I don't know. Well, look, I, I can, all I can tell you is it's working. 100% fine for me. Listen to this. I'm not talking about... That's talk. Benny, Benny Eichen. He's on TV right now. I've just turned on, turned on KO. It's working fine. Okay. So you probably fine, yeah. you probably need to go to their website and lodge a support request. Okay, mate? Not a problem. Thank good you on you, Asif. Good, mate. No worries. Thanks for the show on 6PI. It's all good, mate. I love listening to you. Thanks, mate. You're a legend. Cheers, Asif. Take care. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks, mate. Good man. Uh, radio listener over there in Perth. We appreciate everyone um, for listening and getting in touch. Anytime. Any tech question, go to the website, EFTM.com. Trevor Long taking your calls. G'day, Darren. Hey, Trevor. How you going, mate? Oh, good, mate. What can I do for you? Mate, um, I've moved into a house, um, and where the the TV is in the lounge room, there was only a Foxtel um, aerial port there, and I've, I have, don't have Foxtel anymore. Yep. And I've got a lead running from another room, coax, all the way to that uh, TV to get free to air. How can I get free to air without having a aerial point there? Great question. Gee whiz. Um, so there is an aerial point in the house. 
Uh, there is one in another room, yeah, but I've got like a 12-metre-long coaxial cable running from one room out through to, into the lounge room to get free to wear. And is there a TV in that other point, or have you just got the one TV? No, no, it's only a spare room, mate. Yeah, right, okay. So there's no TV where the antenna is, and where the TV nope. is, there's no antenna. So, in the lounge room, yeah. So the reason I ask that is because in our house, we've got a, a TV in the kind of dining, kitchen dining room, and there's no antenna yeah. there, but we've got yep. two fetch boxes. So we have a fetch yep. box in the lounge room where there's an antenna, and we have a fetch yep. fetch mini in the in the dining room, and you can use the fetch mini to actually tune into a channel kind of via the other room. It's very cool. Why it does it? Anyway, you don't have that, so that's not going to work for you. All we do yep. when we don't use the fetch box is we've I've just installed the seven, nine, ten, ABC, all the apps on that TV, or yep. you can get a Chromecast and do the same thing. And like right now here in the office, I've got Channel Nine running. And I don't have an antenna yep. in the office. I just use the Nine yep. Now app. I open it up. I scroll down one click to live TV. Boom, got live. Now it's right. it's nowhere near as seamless as just turning on a bloody television. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. turn on the TV and it's instantly on. You've got to wait for it to boot up. You've got to open the app. You've got to go to live TV. But it works every time. Like, oh, yep. never had a problem. If you've got a good internet and you've got a good connection there at the TV. That's all yep. you need. You really don't need an antenna in anymore if you're willing to put up with that little friction point. The reason it's not okay. fun is for, say, my my mum would struggle with that. She would hate the idea of having to click so many buttons just to turn on the bloody TV. Same as my wife. That's the, that's the problem I've got. Well, I've trained mine. Uh, that sounds horrible yeah. thing to say, but um, <laughs> send your emails to someone else who gives a rat's. Um, um, she now knows how to do it. Like, you it's just how it is now. That's just modern television. And and what it does yeah. though is it opens up a whole other world. So I've now, my wife just subtly has started watching Amazon Prime and you yeah. know Disney because they're all on the TV as well. So once they realize and this when I say they I mean us them kids whoever yeah. once they realize yeah. that the whole world of entertainment is at your fingertips they're just opening apps yeah. and doing your best easily. So Okay. Unfortunately, there's no simple way other than paying a bloke to come and put an antenna point in. Obviously, that's the other solution is just running a cable in the wall and putting an antenna point in. Yeah, I've, I've already done that, but it's, it's not accessible because it's blue board. So he, he, he said he can't. He, it's you know, wow. it's going to be you know, real expensive to, to get a, a, a another put in there. So so you reckon um, run it through the apps or a Chromecast? Yep, app Chromecast. The app's the best, uh, or Google Chromecast. So it's actually got its own remote control. The new Chromecast with Google TV is is the best option yep. if there's no apps on your TV itself. And remember, okay, no remind drama. remind the missus when she's whinging about how hard it is to open up yeah. Channel 9 that without yep. this, she'd have to pay yep. big bucks for installation or do an ugly yep. um, like a conduit around the wall with the cable yeah. in it. Exactly. Mate, I've already told about that. So this, <laughs> this, sounds, this, this sounds like a good uh, a good thing, mate, so I'll try that. Good man. All right, Darren, good on you, mate. Thanks, Fred. Bye, Cheers, mate. mate. Anytime. Uh, you know, we've all got the problems. <laughs> we get there in the end. Good luck, Darren. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. If you haven't left a rating or a review before, please do on the iTunes uh, or podcast app. Uh, appreciate any review you can leave. It's always lovely to read those. It gives me a bit of a buzz in my day. And, uh, of course, you can always reach out in real time. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Trevor Long, on the Facebook page. Uh, and, most importantly, you can always email via eftm.com. Um, I'm pretty responsive on Twitter and on, say, Instagram DMs. Facebook, not so much because it's just a bit overwhelming sometimes, the number of messages I get there. So uh, 
Also, it's great to have the community around me, the EFTM Man Cave community on Facebook. If you search it up, EFTM Man Cave, uh, thousands of people who love talking about gadgets, tech, buying advice, and they all help each other. I don't need to be there all the time. I don't need to answer every question. There's lots of great people, including our awesome moderators, who um, help keep the conversation rolling and get rid of the thugs. We don't have many of them. We've had a couple. Um, Lovely work by the boys. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. As always, we'll talk to you soon. 